Inside the Nest is back, and we're taking a look at our men's and women's basketball programs as we begin. A-Sun play the first home A-Sun games are this week. The women host FGCU 7 o'clock on Wednesday, and the men play host the Eagles of FGCU Thursday at 4.30. They'll also both hit the road to take on the Stetson Hatters this weekend, but we're going to focus on FGCU here on the podcast, including a special interview with Breland Snipes coming up later between Jordan Griffith and Mateen Rad, and they'll be on with us here on Inside the Nest to take a look at the men's and the women's programs. I'm your host, Nolan Alexander, and let's tip it off Inside the Nest on the Hardwood. We welcome on ITN, JG Jordan Griffith carries over from football season with us, and Mateen Rad in the house today. Guys, how was winter break for y'all too? Man, it was fantastic to, you know, just get a refresh, but by the end of it, I was so ready to get back in the office, get back to Owls basketball, and we've had some speed bumps along the way, but now it really seems like we're picking up the pace. Yeah, you know what? It, it's been kind of slow. Games have kind of had to get postponed, but you know that's what that's what we've had to do. Uh, but like Mateen said, ready to get back to it, ready to get back into the flow of January, February basketball, conference play, non-conference schedules finally done. Listen, I love playing the different kinds of teams. Love seeing different teams in in the convo. But I'm ready to see Stetson. I'm ready to see the the FGCUs of the world. It's time to get back to basketball. But I have to I have to mention Nolan. You didn't mention the title one last night by UGA. I mean, a big deal in, in the history of Atlanta. Just another title and another day. Me and Mateen follow up with a podcast right after a championship win. We did it with the Braves with Touchline Talk last time too. Hold on, don't don't bring George's big thing for Atlanta. And this is a basketball podcast now. All right, this is a basketball podcast. We're talking hoops, okay. and hey. yeah, we're t- we're talking hoops here. We're we're on to basketball. Hey, it's your show. And, I have a feeling that Jordan knew what he was doing here. <laughs> and uh, I- I'm curious how much airtime Jordan's going to get in future episodes of Inside the Nest. We'll see. It it might be limited. It might be limited now. <laughs> so I hope he really enjoys this podcast. But, guys, I think we need to start with the women because they got back into A-Sun play first compared to the men because both programs have been dealing with COVID-19 issues just like every single program in the nation with the rise of uh, the COVID Omicron variant. But the women got back, and they played at Liberty this past weekend. Following the game, what did y'all see out of KSU's play coming off of a pause there, trying to get back in the swing of things, and then opening up with a tough A-Sun game? Well, look, you know, I don't think there was a lot of surprises, Nolan, because we knew that Liberty was going to be a tough, tough team. I mean, after that win, they're a 14-1 and team now. That's a better record than any other A-Sun women basketball program. And we saw a lot of what we've seen from the Owls. They had a tough time getting started and a tough time getting on the glass and a tough time defending the perimeter. But as the game went on, they just kept getting stronger and stronger, defended all areas of the court more efficiently late on in the game, held Liberty to only nine points in the fourth quarter. If they can get going like they can in the fourth quarter, in the first quarter, they're going to have they're going to cause team trouble in this season. Yeah, you made a lot of good points there. I think something that you pointed out that's really important is the play of the fourth quarter for Kennesaw State. Through this year, we've seen 
really good spurts from this team going into the locker room in the second and also in the fourth. Those are the two highest scoring quarters so far this year. But Nolan, what I'm impressed with most from this Kennesaw State team was the fact that they won the turnover battle against the best defensive team in Liberty and one of the best defensive teams in the nation in the Flames. And they only turned the ball over seven times and they forced 12 turnovers. Liberty has the fifth highest scoring defense in the entire nation. And when you have a player like Amani Johnson, only had two assists, that's not what we're used to seeing from her, but it didn't matter because they were able to share the ball. And once again, they didn't turn the ball over. And you lost by 10 points to, again, one of the best defensive teams in the nation. 58 points is a lot against Liberty. That, that's something that they don't hold a lot of teams to. Usually it's under that 50 mark, believe it or not. So the fact that you're able to put 58, you only lose by 10. And again, that fourth quarter is really where you pick things up. It's always good. If you're going to lose, it's always good to have that momentum going into the next game. And again, a 16-9 run in the fourth quarter is exactly what they needed. Well, Jordan, you know, you bring up a good point. We're not used to Amani, you know, playmaking only two assists in a game. But I mean, looking at her stats, you see the diversification of her tools this season. I mean, six rebounds. Only one owl had more rebounds than her in that game. 20 points, her first 20-plus point game of the season. In terms of what she's doing, she's expanded what she's great at, and she was already great at so much. And I talked to Coach Blue after that game. She says, the way that Amani plays is just customary for me at this point. She shows up every single night playing on both ends of the floor, which is not necessarily what you expect from your point guard. But she's accountable. Coach Blue said we talked in the huddle once after she missed a blockout. She raised her hand and said, hey, that's on me. And that's what you want to see. This is not just a, a playing leader for this team, a scoring leader for this team. This is a spiritual leader for this team. And we're going to need her forward to make a run in the A-Sun. Uh, I think something that's really important about that, Mateen, is her minutes this year. She played all 40 minutes against Liberty. She leads the team in minutes, plays almost 38 a game. And, and that's not saying that uh, when you when you hear that, I think a lot of people think, OK, they have to have her on the floor. Well, with a player of that caliber, of course, and you, you don't necessarily you, you always want the ball in her hands. Right. But it's more about keeping her in the game for the leadership. And so that the offense is always cohesive. She might not always be playing on the ball, but if she does, Again, she's one of the best playmakers in the entire A-Sun, probably in the nation. I mean, I know she's – I don't have the stat in front of me, but she's one of the leaders in assist-to-turnover ratios in the entire nation. She does not turn the ball over, and this team is always cohesive. This team is always going when Amai Johnson's out there. And playing 40 minutes, never coming out of the game, I mean, that is, that is hard to do, and that shows the confidence that Coach Blue has in Amai Johnson. You said it, Jordan, 37th in the nation in assist turnover ratio, 2.4. That's third best in the A-Sun. But talking about her stamina, talking about how she's a workhorse, you mentioned it. Eighth in the nation. Only seven players in Division One women's basketball play more minutes per game than Amani Johnson does. Well, guys, I, I want to take this opportunity to take a step back. Because it's the first time we get to sit down and really review this women's basketball team so far. Catch us up on how the non-conference went down. What were some of the highlights of this team? And what have y'all two noticed about the start of the blue era? 
Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing is the return of Alexis Poole has been absolutely huge for this team. You know, she is still number two in scoring for the team, 12.1 points per game, right behind Amani's 12.8. She's our leading rebounder at 6.3 boards. And again, she's someone that people can turn to. She has that experience that they could turn to her and expect her to make those moments in the game happen and turn the momentum, which she's done several times this season. Yeah, Poole has been outstanding. I mean, she's been everything as advertised, picked up right where she left off, looked like there was zero rust. But Mateen, actually, I, I think the biggest part that she's added to this team, Nolan, you kind of asked about what has the blue era looked like. It's looked energetic. And I think one of the catalysts of that is Alexis Poole, but not as much on offense, even though she does provide that. But the charges that she draws, I mean, I wish that was kept. I, w- I wish there's a stat out there that I could see how many how many charges she's drawn, how many close to charges she's gotten that end up going the other way, being blocking fouls. I, I mean, you know, even the referees, they love the call to charge. You know, they run up the court and they – throw up the arms. I mean, it, it's such an energizer for this team. And I'm not seeing a player, at least at Kennesaw State, that takes the the charge, draws the charge, as well as Alexis Poole. I mean, it, it's incredible, her positioning on the floor. It's been a huge momentum swinger, Jordan. I mean, looking at that, that Furman game comes to mind where, you know, we were down and it looked like that game was over for a long time and the Paladins were going home with a win. But late in that fourth quarter, things started to swing. Alexis Poole starts drawing a few charges. The team starts thinking, hey, we can do this. And obviously ended up for one of the most momentous wins that we've seen in this program for a few years. Oh, yeah, that was that was So awesome. when are we going to step out there and, and get Alexis Poole to demonstrate the art of the charge with y'all two? I don't think me or Specifically, Jordan. y'all take the charge. I don't think me or Jordan want that smoke, to be honest. Man, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I and you know, I, I would rather do that because I'm not going to bowl over Alexis Poole anyway. So I would rather get bowled over. I think that'd probably be the better, at least the better video, because obviously we'll have to record it. So you, you do have a history of taking some licks out there in the court in <laughs> videos, dating back to that beach ball promotion last year. Oh, you know what? I actually caught up with Scrappy at graduation. And he was like, yeah, man. He goes, I feel really bad about that. I was like, no, man. It, I, I asked for it. I asked for it. And they proceeded to blow up a beach ball and throw it at your face? Yep. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> can't believe it. That's crazy. <laughs> well, a, a massive matchup awaits this week, Wednesday, 7 o'clock, for student appreciation game. Get their early free slices of pizza. That's right. If you're a KSU student listening in, get to the game, 7 o'clock. Free slices of pizza for Kennesaw State students. Um, FGCU has been the torchbearer in the A-Sun for quite some time when it comes to women's hoops. What does this matchup look like between the Owls and the Eagles this Wednesday, 7 o'clock? Well, look, Nolan, there's no sugarcoating. It's going to be a tough test for the Owls. I mean, a lot of that is due to seeing what the Owls have done on the perimeter. If you look at their three-point field goal defense They're 344th in the nation, allowing 37.7% from beyond the arc. And look, what do you need to know about FGCU? Let's take a look right now. Three-point field goals attempted, first in the nation. Three-point field goals made, first in the nation. Three-point field goals per game, first in the nation. 
they go by the hashtag running raining threes, and they show it every time they're out on the court. Yeah, I mean, there there really is no more looking into that. I mean, you said it best. I mean, they are a three-point shooting team. Guys, they take almost 38 threes per game. 38 threes per game. That is, I, I think that has to be breaking records here. I, I mean, that is. Uh, that's almost a three a minute. That, how? I, I don't understand. You know, this is a run and gun. This is a Mike D'Antoni offense here at the college level. I mean, it's insane how many threes that they shoot. And something else that really impresses me, and I'm not really, I'm trying to make heads and tails of it, but they're also one of the best passing teams in the entire nation assist to turnover ratio they're also second in the entire nation they get almost 20 assists per game and maybe that's just again the running gun offense you get a quick shot and the falls that's technically an assist because you know he probably threw the ball about five feet to the person shooting a three-pointer but look no further on this team than kirsten bell uh, i mean th- this player is an absolute freak 24 points per game guys and she only plays 28 minutes let that sink in. Yeah. 4.1 points per game. Only plays 28 minutes. I, I mean, this is almost a 40-point score if she plays the entire game of team. You know, it, it's hard not to talk about Kirsten Bell because she's become one of the phenoms in ace on history doing what she does. And she just started out the week winning her 10th ace on player of the week. Mind you, she was a transfer from Ohio State. This is only her second season so far. But, you know, there's a lot of players that because of the way Kirsten Bell plays go under the radar. T.K. Morehouse is one of the best point guards that ASUN women's basketball has ever seen. But let's talk about the grad transfer. Let's talk about number 10, Kendall Spray, who has come in and shown, hey, y'all shoot three-pointers. Let me show you what shooting three-pointers is all about. She makes 44.3% shots from the three-point line. Could you imagine taking 20 shots and 10 of them went in from three points? She's just an absolute freak, and she's made uh, all the difference after transferring from Clemson. And she's going to be tough to deal with with the way that the Owls have defended the perimeter this season. Where are these? Where are they getting these players from? Uh, I mean, Coach Mesco, it, it's insane. Once again, you have Kirsten Bell come in, and like you said, Kendall Spray shooting forty-four percent from beyond, and not even starting a game this year. A six-man, a third in the team in scoring, almost eleven points per game. They have three players averaging double digits on this team, and once again, I, I think maybe the most mind-boggling stat. I know we've thrown a lot out there about this team maybe because this is the most statistically baffling team I've ever seen at this level. They don't have a single player over 6'1". Not a single player over six foot one on this team. They don't rebound the ball. They're actually negative in the rebounding margin. Yet, this is one of the best teams in the nation. They're, they're knocking on the top 25. And like you said, Mateem, it all starts with the perimeter defense of a player like Breland Snipes. We talked to her today. It's going to be all about how can you run them off that three-point line? If you can do it, Princeton did it. Princeton is the only team that beaten FGCU so far this, this season. If you can do that, get them uncomfortable, get them off that three-point line, 
it's going to be a competitive game. I think Kennesaw State can play with anybody in the A-Sun. Well, it's going to be a fun one. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. We may go out there and just scrub away the three-point line on both sides of the floor. So that three-point shot just happens to disappear for one night. But again, student appreciation, 7 p.m. Get their early KSU students, get a free slice of pizza. Let's transition now here on Inside the Nest, looking at our men's basketball program, which will have its first ASUN game at home on Thursday at 4.30. Uh, if, if you haven't looked at the men's basketball schedule online, uh, let's say you don't follow KSU MBB on social media or receive email updates, you need to take a look because COVID has played Yahtzee with the schedule in January. So there's been a lot of moving around. This FGCU game was supposed to be on Tuesday, January 11th, the day of this recording, now pushed back to Thursday due to COVID-19 protocols. I want to take a step back and talk about this men's basketball team as a whole. Five and eight so far. And I think the number one characteristic of this team that you have to look at is how this team has not been afraid to go out and find challenges. Yesterday, KSU had the 24th ranked most difficult schedule in the nation, actually gotten more difficult as other teams that continue to win games. And the Owls have Iowa State, you know, top 10 team, began the season, had a chance there late, looked really good in Creighton at times, lost by seven at Creighton. Took care of business at home against Piedmont and Carver. Played a difficult Belmont team. Belmont's been a mid-major power for Lord knows how long. Had some moments against Wake. Felt like he played maybe 32, 33 minutes of good basketball. Just a few minutes that got away. Charleston Southern, the largest margin of victory against a Division I program in KSU's D1 history. Uh, that was a big win, 89-52. And then a couple of tough losses against Mercer, Wofford, and Samford. And you throw the Nebraska game in there, too, where KSU, again, was trying to look for that full 40 minutes. There's progress on this team. They have played, since Amir Abdurrahim has been here, now the most difficult schedule going into A-Sun play. What's formulated on this team that you've seen, Jordan? Man, and you know what? That That's such a perfect summary because you see it, right? You see the improvement from last year into this season. It's a completely different team, really. And you, you've added some guys like Damon Robinson. Jameer Moultrie has really come on strong. He has really solidified that backup point guard role because I really don't consider Casey Jennings a backup when you play 30-plus minutes. Terrell Burden, they like they like kind of do that dual-threat lineup. But what I've seen so far from this team, once again, is that growth. I mean, you, you do have some games that you can kind of just throw out. Nebraska, it wasn't really that competitive because you kind of had some carryover from a couple days before from the Samford game. Samford was such a tight game. You only lose by one point, like you said. And then there, there's so many good opponents that they faced. And now that you're able to kind of build off of that, once again, I kind of compare it to putting the donut on the baseball bat. And that's kind of what their non-conference schedule has been. Belmont, Wofford. I mean, Iowa State is absolutely amazing this year. They might be a, a sweet 16 Elite Eight type team in the tournament in March Madness this year. You put the donut on, you swing the bat, it's heavy. And it was heavy in the the December months. But you take it off and now you're facing FGCU, a good a good basketball team and a really historic basketball program within the A Sun at this point. 
it's going to be a lot easier for them to kind of bounce back between days, given that the schedule stays the same. Once again, you see the growth. If you looked at the tape from this team last year to this point in the season, I think you're going to see a completely different team. And I I think that's a, a very good thing and that the growth is continuing to rise for this team. One individual that has stood out to me as far as his growth this year has been the point guard Terrell Burden. Seven games with at least 10 points, three efforts of 20-plus points, including in the opener against Iowa State, and then back-to-back games before this long COVID pause against Samford and Nebraska, both on the road, 35 minutes, 25 against the Bulldogs of Samford, 27 against the Cornhuskers of Nebraska. You know, in the past, Jordan and Mateen, we've noticed his ability to to be a floor general and distribute the basketball. But the threat of him scoring has increased tenfold this year, and that's paid dividends for KSU. You know, Nolan, something that I've seen, you know, I'm out there every day. Anytime the men are practicing, I'm out there. And something that I see from Terrell more than anybody is his communication. And when you're running that position like he does, and it shows on his stat sheet, you know, third in the conference of the assists per game, he's always talking. He's always running things from the point. You have to be the commander and the general from the point guard position, and he's been that and more this year. And Nolan, I mean, that's that's such a great point. I, I think this guy needs to be talked about more, and, and Terrell's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, the new players, again, you have, you have Jameer, you have uh, Reddish, and you have Demon. You pretty much have Terrell Burton. This is a brand new player. This guy looks so much more confident in this offense. He's shooting the ball better than he has in the past. And what it really does, Nolan, is you're kind of looking at this team a lot differently because Terrell, he's always the quickest guy on the court. He's always going to make the right pass. But now you have to guard the lane so much tighter. Because something that I think has really improved in Terrell's game, probably the most of anything so far, communication is one of those for sure, uh, as you said, Mateen, is the floater. The floater is falling, and it's falling at a high clip. I mean, mean, last year, we saw him kind of tease it, and, you know, he would kind of be maybe the fourth and sometimes even fifth option on offense when he was out there last year. That is no longer the case, guys. This guy can be the number one scorer. And I know that's kind of crazy to say because it doesn't seem like the kind of offense that would just immediately be a point guard scoring offense. But for him, he's made it that way, and it's really been to the benefit of this team. I am so happy. And and just the growth in Terrell Burden, again, this guy looks like a completely different player out there. In addition to Burden, the leading scorers, uh, the usual suspect, Spencer Rogers, the second leading scorer in the ASUN from last year. It clips down a little bit, which I think has to go with, one, you have increased scoring from Bird and Youngblood and some other players like Moultrie. But I think that's also news for Kennesaw State because he has that locked-in mindset where it hasn't phased him this year. You know, he may have one game where he goes off and then another game where he's a little bit quiet. We've seen that we have the history on Rodgers that he can get hot. He can carry this team in the A-Sun and again, still averaging 12 on a game. And then Chris Youngblood, who has beefed up his consistency of being a go-to guy this year, averaging 14 points, 5.9 rebounds. That's an area that he and Rodgers have taken a step up as in rebounding. Youngblood just under six boards a game. Rodgers at 5.1 
or excuse me, 5.5 rebounds per game. I've really liked the growth that I've seen out of those two in different areas. But for Youngblood, being that consistent force, and again, just like Burden, you can see it out there, the future for Youngblood through the roof. What did MJ say? The ceiling is the roof there for, for CY? <laughs> I mean, yeah, CY, you saw it last year. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was maybe not the first, but maybe the second player we interviewed after a post game, after a big win. In the jump shot, you see that it's so clean. You get it off so quick, and he plays so well on defense. And like you said, Nolan, the rebounding of him and Spencer Rogers. Listen, typically your your best scores, your guards, aren't going to be guys that really get in the rebounds. They're not going to get dirty. They don't they don't want to get in, you know into the trenches with the big fellas and bump elbows. Spencer Rogers and Chris Youngblood are about that, and they're about getting dirty. You know, getting the game ugly, getting into the trenches and throwing some elbows around and, and playing some good defense. And these guys, they kind of set the tone for the rest of the team because everyone's looking at them. Everyone's looking at Terrell. Terrell's the same way. They want those guys to do that. And you, you're not just going to rely on a Brandon Stroud, Alex Peterson to do that. You see Chris Youngblood do it and you're thinking, man, this is our one of our best jump shooters, a sophomore. And he's already bought in to the mindset of all five go to the glass and that kind of changes everything. Well, the Owls are going to have to get on the glass against FGCU and their ASUN opener Thursday, 430 against the Eagles of FGCU. Uh, previewing this matchup similar to with the women, it's it's three-point shooting for FGCU. Now, albeit not at that same clip that the Eagles are doing as the team on the women's side, but Tavion Dunn-Martin, uh, second in the conference and three-point field goal attempts, eighth nationally. He's behind Darius McGee of Liberty. He's fifth in three-point percentage. He gets out there. He's able to run the floor and launch the three. He's their go-to from beyond the arc. And then down low, Kevin Samuel, the transfer from TCU, uh, averages a double-double. He's one of the best blockers in the nation. Set the TCU career record for blocks. He's averaging three blocks a game. Uh, third active and the insta and career blocks. He's a force down low. That's going to be interesting and see how Damon Robinson, Alex Peterson match up against him, the six foot 11 TCU transfer. And then again, trying to shut down the three point shooter out on the edge for FGCU in Tavion Dunn Martin. Yeah, you, you make a lot of good points. I think you highlighted why I think will be the most important matchup, which is Kevin Samuel versus the, the kind of the trio of the bigs, you have Peterson, DeMond, Robinson, as well as Nate Springs. Even Cole Rue gets sprinkled in there as well. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But most importantly, you got to shut down Dunn Martin. And like you said, this guy's one of the best three-point shooters from uh, Duquesne. The A-10, it, it, the Atlantic 10, is one of the toughest basketball conferences, I think, in the entire nation. I mean, it is a grit and grind type of conference. And this guy is exactly that. Stand, I mean, standing at under six foot, again, he's going to be one of the fastest guys on the court, shoots the ball. He's going to shoot it from deep, guys. And this is a team, like you said, that has sold in on or bought in rather on we're going to shoot the three ball. We're going to make this a quick game up and down, up and down the entire way. And Florida Gulf Coast, uh, they can do it because they also have a guy named Caleb Caddo that Kennesaw State's familiar with. They've never seen Dunn Martin before. When you're playing in conference, it's good to have that advantage. They don't have that. 
with uh, Dunmartin, but they do have that with with Cato. And Cato, one of the best shooters, was the leading shooter on this team last year. You don't want to take anything away from Cato. You, you don't want to take any attention away because Dunmartin might get the double teams, but before you know it, Cato might have five threes on the board. FGCU will be playing its second ASUN road game to start the year. The Eagles fell victim to Kevion Nolan in a near half court buzzer beater. And it, 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 it was crazy because I believe it was a year to the day that Kevion Nolan did the same thing here at the Convocation Center to KSU. So the, the dude is racking up some victories against the ASUN single handedly and just breaking some hearts. What is with this guy? I mean, that's just not cool. I mean, he's had, I think, three buzzer beaters because he did the same thing at UNF right after he did it to us. Man, gave me on Nolan. I mean, I can't wait to play JU. That that guy's electric. I mean, it, that's incredible. That, that's just not something you ever see. You're lucky to have one, one in your entire career. And he's had, I think, three in the past mm-hmm. year, calendar year. Crazy. And, and that was a game where... JU came back late, hitting a lot of threes. So I think that's going to be a similar thing here is to see how both teams Thursday try to finish this ballgame. Kennesaw State and FGCU, where both sides have, again, had their issues at times trying to close games out, most recently with FGCU. Who's going to win that under four media timeout? I think that could easily be where this game comes down to and how it's going to come down to, I think, what could be another last shot. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And once again, the three-point battle is going to be something to watch because, yeah, Florida Gulf Coast, they can sling it. They, they can shoot it from deep. They have a lot of guys that can do it, and that's their philosophy. Kennesaw State is not necessarily founded on the three-point ball, but when they're hitting it, they can hit it with anybody. And like we said, Spencer Rogers. I mean, are we, we're saying a quote down year so far, you know, 12.2 points per game. I mean, this guy's been amazing so far. And once he gets going along with CY, Brandon Stroud can even hit it. Terrell Burden's shown he can do it as well. Kennesaw State can get into a shootout. Not that they want to, but they got a, they got that ace up their sleeve. They got that in the back pocket there. Fellas, I think one of the keys to this game is taking the ball out of the FGCU hands. And the statistics show that that can happen. I mean, you look at turnovers per game for FGCU, and they're averaging 14.6. That's 283rd in the nation. And what are the Owls good at? They're good at forcing turnovers. They're 47th in the nation at it. If they can take the ball out of the FGCU hands and keep it in their own, the Owls are going to have a chance to win this game. We'll take a short pause on Inside the Nest, and when we come back, Jordan and Mateen set down with Breland Snipes, our women's basketball team. I'll catch up with her next on ITN. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all, like cushions and popcorn, and counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. 
Five-thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth-third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth-third bank, member FDIC. And welcome to our first basketball edition of Inside the Nest. This week, we talk to Breland Snipes. Breland, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. So my first question for you, I know I kind of really want to talk about this preview versus FGCU, a very good team, but I kind of want to reflect a little bit on this non-conference schedule you guys have had. You've played some brutal opponents. You guys have got some big wins, Georgia Southern Furman, just to that stick out in the back of my mind. How has that kind of helped you guys prepare for conference play? You guys played Liberty, again, now about to play FGCU, arguably the two best teams in the conference. How has playing those, I mean, really tough opponents back in November, December, how has that prepared you guys for games like this? I would say playing tough opponents help us get ready for um, conference play. We really play some tough games. I just feel like our coaches helped us. We're learning from them, learning from different the different things that they teach us. I just feel like it's just going to help us throughout the conference. Bree Mateen here, and you know, a coworker asked me the other day who I thought the most improved player on the team was, and without hesitation, I said Breland Snipes. I think the numbers show that. I think people that watch the play on the court see that. Do you feel that improvement on the court? And what steps did you take in the offseason to make that improvement? Um, I definitely feel like I'm improving a lot. I'm just learning from the coaches and teammates, just trying to stay consistent as possible and focusing on the things that I can control. Do you feel like Coach Blue has had a, a firsthand involvement in that improvement? Of course. Specifically for you, again, Mateen made a great point talking about specifically for me, well, talking about the offensive numbers, you've been able to shoot the ball a lot better. You've been able to really just look a lot more comfortable in this offense. What is it specifically that coach blue has done to kind of make you more comfortable and kind of get the best out of you day in day out? Um, I'm just, just trying to stay aggressive. Like my coaches and teammates, they help me. Like they tell me a lot, like, to stay aggressive and do the things that I do best. And Bree, you bring up a good point about your aggressiveness. I think it's one of your best qualities on the court. Um, in terms of a, a team like FGCU, where everything is coming from the perimeter, how do you prepare yourself for to come in that matchup? Just stay focused. Like they're really quick. So we just got to stay on our toes and just go with their pace. And you were just talking about, oh, about an answer ago about the coach letting you be able to do what you do best. In your mind, well, what is it that you do best? Well, what's your own scouting report of you as a player? Um, playing with speed, running the floor, playing defense, just being aggressive all around the court. And Bree, something that, you know, I knew about you was, you know, you're an aggressive defender. You make good reads on rebounds, but now looking at your play, 
you're a 10 plus point player in three of your last four games. Talk about how you've adapted to that role as more of a scorer this season. Well, last year I had to like really focus on the small things. Like I just learned that the small things, the little things really count within the game. So doing the small things and staying consistent with being aggressive, you know, doing, playing my style of play, doing the things that I do best. Well, what are some of the small things for you? The small things that, that kind of add up to the to the sum of being a good basketball player. What, what are kind of those small things that people might not know about? The small things consist of getting the deflections, um, rebounding the ball, being aggressive on defense. Um, don't like the small things that people don't really notice. And kind of talking about the rapid schedule changes, you experienced this as as of last year, uh, kind of a shortened season for you guys. Has that kind of helped you kind of adjust this year to kind of the cancellations, the postponements of long layoffs, or is this kind of something you're not really going to be able to get used to? Honestly, last year was – I just – I really see, like, how, like, uh, college conference – non-conference and conference schedule is last year we really didn't get that experience but I feel like I've been able to adjust pretty well I'm coming along they're coming along well what might be kind of the biggest challenge of those long layoffs um just seeing how many games are back to back to back how many how many games are spaced out there's so many games and it's really important to like take care of your body. And how do you how do you do that? How do you take care of your body? For me, it's drinking more water. Like I really don't drink a lot of water. So for me, I just say drinking a lot of water and knowing the things that I put into my body and focusing on recovery through the training room. We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than health care, people care. Welcome back into Inside the Nest. Good to hear from Snipes and again, Women's basketball at home, Wednesday, 7 o'clock, Student Appreciation Night, part of Welcome Back Week. Get your free pizza, KSU students, and then the men host FGCU Thursday, 430. If you need tickets, ksuals.com slash tickets. All right. If you've listened to Inside the Nest during football season, you know what's about to come up. We're going to get a would you rather, and we're going to get factor fiction. Jordan won factor fiction in football season. So, Mateen, I couldn't take him down. We'll see if, if you can slay the giant here. We're going to find, I mean, I'm a little nervous. You know, this, the reputation precedes itself with Jordan. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be up to the task, but hey, it's my first inside the nest. I got to prove myself, right? And, and you know what? I, I mean, I didn't run away with it, guys. It came down to the very last game with me and Sut. So this is not necessarily, I'm not dominant in this. I, I just got lucky. Oh, now he's going to try to act humble after trying to come in with some smoke and start the podcast. Hmm, okay. All right, Jordan, take it away. Hey, you know what? It's uh, something some I had to mention, but uh, 
So we want to do would you rather first or would you which which one do you want? Would to you do? rather we do would you rather first? So well, I see what you did. Yes, let's do let's do that first. Let's start off, you know, a little uh, a little easier here. Okay. All right, fellas. Would you rather be stuck on an island completely alone or with one person but someone who talks nonstop? I think, unfortunately, I am that person that talks nonstop, so <laughs> it'd probably be bad for that other person. Um, but, yeah, I think I can... I can tongue battle with the best of them. So if if someone tries to give me a tongue lashing, then I can give one right back. So you'll take you'll take the extra person. I'll take it. I'll take it. I need the company. I'm going to choose my words carefully here. I love my wife more than anything in the world. And we, we both joke and, and know that she, she likes to talk. So I have experience. I would love to be stranded with one person who talks nonstop. I'm good. I can weather it. And we're not meant to be solitary uh, beings. We're, we're meant to have some company. So I would like to have somebody that talks nonstop. No, we've got to make sure your wife is game for that, too, though. <laughs> she, she, if she was stuck on an island with me, probably not. She, she'd say no. <laughs> I, don't, okay. I wouldn't blame her either. Okay, I'm gonna throw in. Uh, I'm gonna throw in a little wrench here to you, Nolan. Let's substitute your wife for Barkley Miller. Would you? Would you be on an island? Would you rather be by yourself or on an island with Barkley Miller for for I, I guess eternity? I don't know how long this lasts. Ooh. Nolan, Ooh. Nolan, I hope that's the first time you've ever heard the sentence. Let's substitute your wife with Barkley Miller. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is, and this will be the last. <laughs> <laughs> Unless that's going to be the topic, you know, for for the entirety of basketball season. Well, I cannot, I cannot uh, think of someone who talks as much as as Barkley. So I think it's a good substitute. Yeah, I love Barkley. I'll, I want to be stranded with Barkley. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to stay on my own and not saying not not saying you know against Barkley, but man, I I mean, you guys seen Castaway? Tom Hanks did just fine, and, and you know, I think I could probably do the same. I'll, I mean. You know, I could get the handprint and make a, a friend like Wilson, and that's that's someone. And they don't really all talk all that much. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could if I could deal with the fact that I'm on a stranded island. I'm already irritated, and if someone's just in my ear the entire time, I, I mean, I'm gonna lose my mind. I don't know how big this island is. I don't know if I have my own safe space. I, I'm gonna stay there on my own, guys. I I, I think you guys have good answers, but I, I just I don't think I could handle it. All right, I'll let Barkley know. <laughs> don't, don't worry, I'll, I'll text him right after this. All right, guys, fact or fiction? Very excited for this one. Okay. Number one, a polar bear's skin is actually clear or that the Incredible Hulk was made by Stan Lee inspired to be the, quote, anti-Jolly version of the Jolly Green Giant. First one's false, second one's true. See, that's it seems like a trick because polar bears' fur is clear, not their skin. Oh, I meant so, so I'm, I'm, I meant fur. My bad. 
That one's true. The other one's true. Oh, all right. This is already under protest. Man, I just, I misspoke. I misspoke. Dang it. Well, you guys already, you guys already snuffed that one out. Okay, yeah, you guys are right. You guys both get the point. That That's fine. But, yeah, I misspoke, and now I, that's not, it's not off to a good start, and uh, now I'm blaming myself. Now I'm not going to sleep tonight. Man, tough, tough being. I'm going to get Barkley to give you a call tonight. <laughs> talk, about, talk about this double dribble you just made. Yeah, man. I just, well, okay, Mateen, did you know that a polar bear's fur is clear? Did you know that? Yes, sir. Let's see. And when people know the facts, that ruins the whole thing. So <laughs> I think Mateen, I think Mateen's going to be really good at this game. Mateen knows some stuff. I'll like, try to know less uh, next time. Yeah, seriously. Let's, <laughs> Be stupider, Mateen. <laughs> yeah. Let's make it interesting for the for the viewers out there because right now, <laughs> I just I look ridiculous, and especially following after a championship. I mean, this is this is. I mean, I got a Super Bowl hangover or something like this. This is bad. <laughs> Jordan, Mateen, this was fun. Enjoyed our first basketball version of twenty one twenty two here on Inside the Nest, and again. Wednesday, student appreciation night, 7 p.m., free pizza against FGCU, and the men host FGCU Thursday at 4.30. Come on out. It's going to be a couple of good games, ksualice.com slash tickets. Guys, enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Hootie-hoo. Hootie-hoo. Hootie-hoo.